I will invite you to return to your seats. We're going to have plenty of time to keep visiting after the service. So as I, I hope you are aware, we have a potluck following the service. So whether you brought food or not, please do stay. Uh, you'll, have, you'll have something to share here and we will enjoy one another's company for longer. So please stay for that. Uh, just another announcement. Someone, uh, actually a few people said to me this morning, oh, I wasn't expecting you to, to see you here today. And my response was, oh, is that why you came? <laughs> um, Christina and I miscommunicated and I am away this coming week. And so I leave tomorrow uh, for Ontario and I will be gone next Sunday. You'll have Julie Cavanaugh speaking here. Um, Chantal has a teacher's conference uh, here in Red Deer this week, but she applied to do it in Ontario where they, uh, they have more options for um, her, her specialty, which is literacy. And so uh, there's a conference in, on, in Ontario and Toronto that she applied to go to and was approved. And so her, her flight and her hotel and her food was all paid for. And she said, do you want to come? And so we, we hatched a plan and uh, we're going to leave our children with the free babysitters down in Hamilton. Uh, those are my, uh, my parents, my lovely parents, whom now I think of as the free babysitters. So um, the, Chantal and the kids are already there. I fly out tomorrow and then she and I are just going to have a couple of days in Toronto and she's going to do her conference and we're going to go to a Raptors game and see a play and then just have some, some time, just the two of us, as well as visiting some family on either side of that. So yeah, yeah, it's great. It was all her idea. So um, yeah, you'll be blessed by having Julie here next week. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Kevin at the very back, who's going to give uh, just a, a council update from his seat. <laughs> Take it away, Kevin. Thanks, Ben. Um, first of all, I want to thank all of you for praying for me. I, if those of you who don't know, I got a blood clot a little over a week ago, and I've uh, been in a lot of pain this past week. So I'm comfortable when I keep my leg horizontal. As soon as I stand up, the pain returns. So I'm just going to sit here and do this. But I meant to give a council update uh, last month, but I forgot for a couple weeks and then I was away. And so just briefly, nothing really a lot to report. We, our finances are in the black. I think we're ahead about 10,000 revenue over expenses to, at this point in the year. For home mission, um, I don't remember if I shared this all with the congregation, but we, um, we were given a lease agreement from home mission to sign um, but then Bob Teske, who is the lawyer, some of you may remember, he was working together with both of us, helping us out pro bono. And he recommended that we may want to consider our own lawyer just to look over it for our sake. And uh, so that we did that. We actually contacted Rob Warner here in town. Uh, Rob's a wonderful man. He's um, on the board of the Dream Center. He's also, I think, the treasurer of, at Crossroads. And I told him we fully expected to hire him to do this. He said no, he, wanted, he just wanted to donate his time to do that. Um, anyway, Rob's been wonderful. He went through the thing and we've ironed out a bunch of details. And it's just, we're getting near the final stages of getting that agreement together with Hope Mission so we can move ahead. Um, a side note, Bob Teske, I heard from a couple different sources uh, when I was in Edmonton a couple weeks ago with Sam, that he had a knee replaced, went well, uh, but then his kidneys had shut down and he was not doing well. 
uh, to the point where they thought he may only have days left to live. And so I went to the hospital hoping I could get in to see him, which I was able to, there was no problem. And I walked in and he opened his eyes and we had a great conversation for probably 40 minutes or so. And um, I was really encouraged to see how well he was doing. His pastor had been there earlier in the day and he said he just about fell over because he said, Bob, you're not the same person you were a couple of days ago. I guess he was out for two days, they couldn't wake him up. Uh, so that was really encouraging. So um, yeah, I would just encourage you to keep remembering Bob in prayer. Bob's been just a, a wonderful help for a number of ministries over the years and he's just given and given and given over and over. Uh, this one, he's helped with Camp Caroline. He's helped with their church, Terwilliger Baptist in Edmonton. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's about all I have to share. One more thing from council, I guess. Just we, uh, Sandra, in my absence this past week, I joined by Zoom, but she moderated the meeting and did a wonderful job. But she led us through an exercise of just listening to God and uh, brought us through a number of different uh, you know, just different sequences of things. To, just a just a wonderful time spending praying and listening to God and where where He's leading us as a council. And so, uh, thank you for your prayers. I pray you'll or ask that you'll continue praying for us as council as God leads and guides us and shows us uh, where He wants us to go as a church. Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, just a couple more announcements. Probably many of you know by now that Lorraine McFarlane um, passed on to be with Jesus. And so we do not yet have a date um, when there will be a funeral. It'll be early March. We're aiming for March 10th. I'm seeing the two people here closest, Lorraine, or to Lorraine, or Sheila and, and Jody, whom we can be praying for. March 10th it is. Okay, so it'll be March 10th here. Um, probably one or two o'clock in the afternoon, but put that on your calendar so that we can honor her life and, and recognize loss and, and worship Jesus in the middle of it. Okay. And let's end on a higher note. Um, we, have an, we have a new addition here with us. So Sam and Susan uh, welcomed little Jairus, Othello, Sam into the family. So congratulations, you guys. <laughs> Blessings on you, and I'm impressed you are here today. Well done. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Let's pray. Lord, we, our, our lives are these strange mixtures of highs and lows, uh, of losses and, and celebrations. We, we name before you Jody and Sheila and the many friends who, who have been friends to Lorene over the years. Uh, and pray your blessings over them as they grieve and mourn her loss. And, and also make preparations to remember her life. Would you guide and bless them in every way? Would you be the comforter to them and the one who guides them step by step? Would you please bless Sam and Susan as they step into being new parents and, and adjust to this new life? And, and, and thank you so much for the gift of a wonderful little healthy baby boy. So bless them in every way. Thank you for, for Bob Teske and the many ways that he has blessed this congregation um, behind the scenes with his, his faithful love for you and the ways that he has donated his time and, and used the talents that you gave him to, 
to be a blessing to your kingdom. And so I, I pray for your hand to be upon him, for you to, to lengthen his days, that he might live out the full number of days that you have given him and in good health. And I pray that exact same prayer for Kevin. Lord, thank you that you have been giving him healing and I pray that it would only increase, that he would see your recognizable hand upon his body, that blood clots would be gone, the conditions that caused them would be gone, that you would displace those things with your life and with your spirit and would you raise him up so that he's walking in no time. Lord, we look to you. We look to you. You are the one that we need. You are the one that we need as we open your word. Um, Many, many people who don't follow you have said that they don't understand your scriptures. And yet we open them and so often what we hear is your voice. We, we see you and we see someone that we love. My sheep hear my voice. Would you make that a present and recognized reality among us this morning? Would you add illumination? This morning, would you, would you grant us illumination that we may see and hear and understand and apply for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of our walks with our Lord, for the sake of the world that you have placed us in? In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, at the council meeting this week, um, one of the prayer requests that was shared around the table was Roy was having a, a test this coming week. And so what we did was just pray for his, his test, his exam. And um, I, I hear it went well. Well done, my friend. Um, as I pray for people who have, have gone through it, go through exams, um, my, my prayer is never that God drop, drop supernatural knowledge. And my, my prayer is that God would bring to mind all of the things that this person has learned and that they would think clearly and be able to represent something clearly as they are examined so that the examination, if it's a fair one, represents exactly what they know. Right? I've been through this many, many, many times, and I see Annika nodding back there like, yeah, I get it, I get it. That's the prayer, right? That a, that a test reveal what we know. And we're going to see some tests in Scripture today because God tests His people. You see it in the Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. God tests his people and it reveals something. And it's not simply cognitive. It reveals the heart. It reveals what we've done with what God has said and done. Tests reveal. Our friend in scripture by the name of Philip is going to be tested and Jesus is going to give him, essentially, Philip has two opportunities to get the right, right answer for this test. Because there are sometimes two different ways to get the same answer, right? Think about math, right? Two plus blank equals five. What is it? Three, right? Five minus two equals two different ways to get the same answer, right? Philip has two different ways to get the same answer. He has two different ways to recognize this test and to give the answer that Jesus is looking for. God gives us what we need. We're going to see this happen. Philip has the scriptures. It's the first thing because the scriptures always point. Right? We have the scriptures. So I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you Philip's test. And let's see if you guys get it. What's the Old Testament story 
that has a Passover, a sea crossing, a mountain, God on the top of the mountain, hungry people looking for bread. The Exodus, right? Okay, well, open up John 6 and see if you can see all of those elements and more of that particular story as I read it. We have a sea crossing. We have God on a mountain. We have God testing his people, which also comes out of the Exodus. We have hungry people who need bread. Let's see if we can see this. And there are signs. Just like in Exodus, there are signs. So notice all of these elements in just the first few verses. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. We have a sea crossing, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up a mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. And a large crowd, um, when he, excuse me, when he looked up, Jesus looked up and saw the large crowd was coming toward him. He said to Philip, where are we to buy bread for all these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. And that's where we are going to stop. This is the word of the Lord. Did you see the Exodus themes? All the Exodus elements. A sea crossing. Going up the mountain where God is on the mountain. And his people are around him. And they're hungry. And they're looking for bread. And he's testing them. As just, as Jesus, just as the Lord tested his people. And it says that explicitly in Exodus. He tested his people. They're looking for bread. And Philip misses the test. But the scriptures themselves point to this. The scriptures themselves were enough for Philip that he should have understood what Jesus was going to do. Because what God has done, he will do again. It's part of his nature. It's part of his character. What God has done, he will do again. And the scriptures, that's why we have the scriptures. They point us to who God is and God acts out of who he is. What he has done, he will do again. Philip had the scriptures to point him to answer the, the, the test that Jesus has given him. Our scriptures always point what he has done, he will do again. And then Philip had... So that's one way. That's one way to solve for X, right? Two plus blank equals five. That's one way. He had the scriptures. Scriptures point. But he had something else that would have given, me, given him the answer to this test. And it's also mentioned in this passage. He had the signs. Because signs, by their very nature, point he had the signs. He'd been with Jesus. What are all of the signs that Philip has seen that have just been mentioned in the gospel of John? He's seen person after person healed. He's seen Jesus turn water into wine. Signs point. 
And Philip missed the point. That was a pun. None of you laughed. Rob would have been impressed. <laughs> Signs point. Philip missed the point. He missed what the signs were pointing to. And it's a test. And if it's a fair test, Philip had everything that he needed. He had the scriptures that point to, if God did this, then he will do it again in the same situation. And he had the signs where he's been watching Jesus provide for the needs of the people. And he has done sign after sign after sign. And Philip missed it. Philip is still thinking checkers, right? Remember the analogy? Kingdom of God is chess. Checkers is all the other stuff that isn't kingdom of God. Philip answers with checkers, right? We don't have enough money, Jesus. But he had the signs pointing him. He should have been thinking chess. And he missed it. God tests his people. And it's not arbitrary. God does not give arbitrary pop quizzes without having first provided everything that the people need to get that test right. right? When the people in Exodus, think about Exodus, because it says in Exodus over and over again, I, I did this to test the people. Well, what did they get right at the beginning of the Exodus that should have showed them that God was going to take care of them? Pardon me? The plagues, the Passover, the entire actual exodus out of Egypt was God providing for them. And then they constantly accuse God of taking them out into the wilderness to kill them. It's bizarre because they didn't pay attention to the signs that point. Right? They had everything that they needed. God tests his people, but it's not an arbitrary test. It's a test based on what he has said and done and revealed himself to be revealed that he will do because what he's done before, he will do again. Signs point. Pay attention to the signs. God tests his people, and it's a test based on what he has revealed. Now think about poor Philip here. Poor Philip gets it right in chapter one. Philip sees Jesus. Um, he, Jesus calls him and says, follow me. Philip not only hears that call, recognizes he needs to follow Jesus, but then goes and gets Nathaniel and says, we found the one. Philip gets it right. And then something, I don't know what it is that happens, but Philip doesn't follow the signs and he doesn't pay attention to the scriptures. And at this test, he gets it wrong. And he's going to sadly continue to get it wrong. So go with me to John chapter 14. This is another Philip episode. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. So verse seven, he says, if you know me, then you will know my father also. From now, from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Jesus is telling his disciples, you've seen the father. And what's Philip's response? It's actually funny. 
Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. Show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Funny in a sad sense again, but I guess, but he says, show us the Father and, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus says to him, Philip, have I been with you all this time and you still don't know me? You still don't recognize me? How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you don't even believe that, then at at least believe because of the works themselves. Don't miss that. At least believe because of what I've done among you. Signs point. Jesus, once again, just like we saw last week, signs point. Connect the dots, they form an arrow. Signs point, and and the works that Jesus does are a legitimate sign of who he is and what he will do again in the case of the earlier text. But the signs point. Connect the dots, they form an arrow. Friends, we have been having dots and arrows around unity over and over again in the last couple of years to the point that I feel like a broken record sometimes, but I feel like God keeps telling me to say it. Um, Whether it's, it's the Lord speaking and people are learning to hear and share it and recognize, whether it's some people who have experienced healing, whether it is the fact that people are coming alive here, that the Lord is putting his spirit on people in new ways and, and powerful things are happening. There are dots forming an arrow. Signs point. We talked about that last week, so I won't belabor the point. But you have to know that as the Lord does these things, our job is to connect the dots and form the arrow because Jesus will test it. And he will test it based on the scriptures because what he has said and what he has done, he will say and he will do among us. And he will test it based on what he has done done among us and what it reveals about what we have learned or not learned and what he has said and done. Jesus tests Philip. And he has two opportunities to pass that test. He has the scriptures that point to Exodus, and you all got Exodus. And he has the signs that he has seen Jesus doing. And it's a test. At that point, it says Jesus tested Philip. And it reveals what Philip has learned or not learned. Connect the dots, they form an arrow. And we should expect testing. We need to fast, friends. I need to fast. We need to fast that we may, in a time of testing, recognize the signs and recognize the scriptures and what they are pointing towards that we may be faithful with what God is doing here. 
These things reveal something of ourselves. Sometimes they reveal a fear that we need to deal with. Sometimes they reveal that this is an invitation and we are to pursue the signs point. We need to fast that we may humble ourselves and receive what the Lord wants to give, whether that's understanding or direction, that we may be faithful in the time of testing. We must fast. We're coming up to Lent. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So whether you choose to take Lent as your time of fasting, which is that period that goes from Ash Wednesday to Easter, or I'm going to be fasting for March, not necessarily Lent itself. Um, But however you choose to do it, I'd like to call us to fast and to fast three days a week, Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. You don't have to fast the same thing every day. I'm not even going to tell you what to fast. You work that out with the Lord. Some people fast meals. Some people can't, whether it's because of bodies or medication or, or whatever the case. Find something else to fast and find something that will cost you. Don't fast coffee and opt into tea, which essentially produces the same amount of caffeine in your body, and you just go on doing life until Lent is over, it didn't cost you anything, so you won't get any benefit from it. Do something that will cost you. Some, of, some people are addicted to their phones and addicted to social media. Fast it completely. Fast all entertainment. I challenge you to do it. It'll be you and Jesus in your Bible for the next 40 days. I challenge you to do that. And you will every time, I don't have my phone on me, haha, <laughs> because I'm so spiritual. Um, <laughs> you, I, ha, I have done this before in, in, at times, and I recognize how often I pull out my phone because I have no mental discipline. And it's, a, it's just an easy distraction for the, the, the 10 seconds while my kids are going to do this or that, and then we're going to get back to it, right? or I'm in line, or whatever it is, because actually I've become addicted to this. It gives you this little hit, this little buzz. And if you put that away, and suddenly you start, you you know the term nicking? Like people who um, smoke, were addicted to nicotine, right? And when it takes, if they go too long without having a hit, without having that cigarette, they start nicking, right? Sometimes we we start nicking, when we haven't had, whether it's social media or the hit with our phone or sugar or caffeine or whatever it is, I challenge you to fast these things. Pick one fast, one day that's perhaps a meal. Do two meals. I challenge some of you to come hungry on Sunday mornings. Spiritually hungry and physically hungry. And see what God does. See what he opens up to you that would not have otherwise been revealed had you not put yourself in a position of, I will defer my physical appetites and I take you, Jesus, at your word, that your word is food. Your word is, you have the words of life, Peter says to Jesus. I challenge you to do that. We're going we're gonna to fast So whether you pick three things 
One, do one on a Sunday, one on a Tuesday, one on a Thursday. I added Thursday because we were fasting as a church on Thursdays, and we, we, we hadn't really been formally announcing that and practicing it very much. I call us back to fast regularly on Thursdays. But for this season, whether it's March or right to Easter, you work that out with the Lord, but at least March, fast, and make sure it's something that hurts like costs, like no pain, no gain, is, is, is quite true spiritually. Make, and for those of you who, who participated in the last fast that we did in October, November, what you will notice is that as you, uh, as you are experiencing the lack, whether it's um, sort of that, that hit that we would have had if we opened our phone or went to the, the cupboard and got some candy or had the coffee or, or whatever it is, or whether it's the food itself, as you're experiencing that hunger, you're, what you're going to find is that so often our, our bodies and our sort of sinful selves want to redirect that want to something else. And we're going to look for a hit now in perhaps you are fasting food and now you want entertainment more than ever as the distraction. Perhaps you're fasting coffee and now more than ever you're looking at your phone because it's distraction. You will notice that you're going to want to redirect. And it's at that point when you see yourself going for the redirection like, oh, I, I need something. I need something to fill this gap. I, I need something to fill this hunger. I need something to fill this void. It's at that exact point that you exercise willpower and say, no, I will now go to Jesus and ask him to do what I cannot do or am refusing to do because it's at that point that he will begin working. If we simply substitute coffee for tea, we will never get to that point. Therefore, we will never get the benefits from fasting. I challenge us to do this. And I challenge us to do this and focus on two scriptures. The one we have looked at before, I will read it out for you though, is 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my... Fasting is humbling ourselves. Fasting is submitting ourselves to the Lord. It's it's a submission. We are lowering ourselves to the Lord. And it, it is always partnered with prayer. Don't bother fasting if you are not going to spend time in the redirection towards scripture and prayer. It'd be a waste of your time. It's not a weight loss program, right? This is about finding nourishment with the Lord where we had previously tried to take nourishment from somewhere else, okay? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways because fasting will reveal the sinful stuff in us. And that's a good thing if we deal with it properly. So spend extra time in confession. will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will bring healing. You want healing? For a church, for a land, 
for yourself physically, for ourselves spiritually. There are payoffs that come as we kneel before the Lord in complete submission and seek him that he would provide what we cannot of ourselves yet. He will, he will provide. He provided in the wilderness. He provided at the Exodus. He provided as we will go through this passage in a couple of weeks in John 6. That's the first one that's going to guide this fast. The second one is Ephesians chapter 1. Would you go there with me, please? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. Philip did not see the test. He did not see the signs. He did not see the scriptures. I'm going to be fasting and praying into this verse. It's a prayer that Paul offers on behalf of the church he is writing to. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God will grant additional things to you that you may see and recognize what God is doing that he would not otherwise do had we not prayed and asked for it. You you want to know more about what God is doing in your life, in our church, in the world? Ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it so that we may, at the time when we become Philip, because God always tests what he's doing. We have the scriptures. We have seen what he is saying and doing. God will now test it. I want to I pray that in a time where we, you and I become Philip, we pass the test. It starts by humbling ourselves. It starts by seeking God. I realize there's some irony in calling for a fast on a day of a potluck and in a scripture where Jesus is about to multiply bread. I acknowledge the irony, okay? It doesn't change the point. Philip didn't see it but he had it. He had that opportunity. I don't want to miss the opportunity. So let's pray. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each of us very clearly about what you are calling us to fast from and what you are calling us to fast for, that we might pass your tests because you always give fair tests and you are a deeply gracious and compassionate and loving God. And I know that you are going to walk with us each step along the way. But Lord, I want to please you. And I want to be faithful with what you have said and what you have done. 
Would you guide us that we may have a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we may recognize what you are saying and what you are doing, that we may bless our Lord Jesus Christ because it's all for him. It's all about him. It's why we can surrender everything because we know that we can love and trust you because you have loved and trusted us. You have entrusted us with so much, Lord. So much of your voice, so much of your presence, so much of your activity. We have your incredible scriptures, which I thank you for so, so much. Would you open our eyes and our ears as we open the scriptures in these coming days? Would you open our eyes and our ears as we, as we hear you speaking, as we see you at work, that we may not miss the signs and where they point. That you may be glorified here. That your church and each one of us might give you the response that you ask for as you continue to lead your people. I claim that verse in Romans 8 that says that those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. And we being your children want to keep in step with your Spirit as you lead us. So Lord, guide us in a fast that we may become more sensitive to your leading. That you may have glory and preeminence in all things because you are worthy. Lord, we love you. And all of this is for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's continue in worship. Amen. Lord, I pray your blessings over my brothers and sisters here. Bless them in every way. I pray blessings over our food as we now uh, enjoy some time together and bless the food that you have given. Lord, we give you thanks for it. And may, may it sustain us, but also then point us to your provision. Lord, would you pour out your spirit and make us people who are nourished by Jesus. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Housekeeping, can we stack these chairs against that wall, seven high? These ones can go around tables. We can bring tables in from the, the closet in the foyer there. Also enjoy saying hello to one another, but we got some setup to do. All are welcome to stay. Bless you. Thanks for being here this morning. Let's enjoy some food. <laughs>